last week we began a introduction to a study we'll start um, this uh, for the next few weeks on life's problems and we spoke about uh, John 16 verse 33 I'm just going to touch base just a minute from last week but uh, John 16 verse 33 says these things have I spoken unto you uh, in me you might have peace that in me you might have peace uh, in the world ye have you shall have tribulation but be of good cheer I have overcome uh, the world we uh, spoke about uh, proverbs and uh, how there's the principles of proverbs proverbs and its problems uh, the principles of wisdom and then we gave three characteristics of the wise person and we said this as as a foundation that there is the fool there's the simple man uh, there's the scorner and then there's the wise man that feareth the lord the fear of the lord is the beginning of all wisdom and there are these characteristics we said last week you find in wise people wise people uh, are willing to listen uh, the ear that heareth uh, the reproof of life abideth among the wise wise people uh, desire to learn and to grow give instruction to a wise man and he will yet be wiser uh, wise uh, people uh, are eager and eagerly seek out uh, and accept wise counsel uh, the way of the fool is right in his own eyes but he that hearkeneth unto counsel is wise so we have problems in this world every one of us here uh, we certainly uh, deal <clears throat> with with uh, problems uh, we have financial problems we have health problems we have relationship problems and on and on and on uh, the problems list can go now I've determined in this study that before I start talking about the problem I won't give you the answer let's just cut to the chase <clears throat> and let me give you the answer <clears throat> and uh, here is the uh, I call these victory verses so here's the victory verse as we consider loneliness the problem life's problem uh, let's consider loneliness here's the victory verse Isaiah 41 verse 10 fear thou not for I am with thee we're talking about loneliness be not dismayed for I am thy God I will strengthen thee yea I will help thee yea I will uphold thee with the right hand of my righteousness so God says that we should not fear he says I am with thee he says I am thy God he says I will strengthen help and uphold thee that's the victory verse so when we are struggling <clears throat> when we are struggling with loneliness this is the verse that we need to run to mark it in your Bible you're going to need it uh, underline it put a star over it highlight it whatever you have to do but that should be a verse that when loneliness begins to creep in you say where's that where's that victory verse here it is Isaiah 41 verse 10 fear thou not for I am with thee. the Lord is with me uh, he is my God he will strengthen help and uphold me in this time of loneliness now when we think about loneliness uh, and and in the Bible we should immediately uh, go have thoughts of the uh, Apostle Paul uh, who was alone get this in a cold dark damp uh, dungeon 
Notice in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4, and this is where we'll be most of the night, but he's in 2 Timothy chapter 4, in verse 9, he tells Timothy, do thy diligence uh, to come shortly unto me. For Demas hath forsaken me, having loved this present world, and is departed to Thessalonica. Uh, Thessalonica. Uh, Christian is uh, to Galatia, Titus, and to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Take Mark and bring him uh, with thee, for he is profitable to me for the ministry. And Tychicus uh, have I sent to Ephesus. Uh, the cloak that I left in Troas with Carpus, when thou comest, bring with thee, and the books, but especially the parchments. Alexander the coppersmith did me much evil. The Lord rebuke, the, the Lord reward him uh, according to his works. Of whom be thou aware also, for he hath greatly withstood our words. Notice that the Apostle Paul, uh, he is in this terrible uh, uh, condition. He's in a Roman uh, dungeon. He is awaiting execution. It will be off with his head. There's, there's no more appeals. There's nothing more to be said. Uh, his execution date has been set. And these scriptures reveal that Paul had to deal with an emotion which plagues most of us, if not all of us from time to time, called loneliness. Now, I think that sometimes we make the disciples super Christians, and there are no super Christians. There are no bonnet Baptists. And uh, Paul was a, a terrible, wicked man who was responsible for uh, heinous sins and for great harm upon the church. He was gloriously saved on the road to Damascus. And uh, after that time, took a hiatus of about three years in the desert to study the word of God and came back. No one would have much to do with him. Uh, Barnabas was the brother who received him. And we see that here he is, all that he's gotten for his labor of love is he's alone uh, in a prison. Now, we, we are alone sometimes, aren't we? We're alone in our home with a nice roof over our house, uh, with a nice full refrigerator, with a microwave, uh, with a, a, a television, with the game on. Uh, you know, we, we have so much to us. He's got nothing. Uh, some years ago, we were in Ireland, and it's, it's uh, uh, probably not much different than what we saw, but they took us on a tour of, of uh, castles. And we were in this one castle that was like 800 years old, and the walls were like eight feet thick, and your cell phone would not even get uh, a, a signal. And uh, we went all the way up to the, as it called, the turret up, up there, and uh, I think, and we walked all the way up there. That's where they poured hot oil on their enemies and, and things like, like that up, up in the very top. Then they took us down to the very, or they took us in the lights to the huge uh, king's uh, uh, room or his area. And, and uh, uh, it's a huge table. I could just see big bearded men wearing steel helmets with horns on it, uh, eating big turkey legs, you know. And I went and sat in this chair. It's an enormous chair. And I sat there and I thought, you know, I, uh, you know, it's not my lazy boy, but I can get, get used to it. And they said, would you like to go see the dungeon? I said, yes. So they took us down to the dungeon. Now, this was an actual dungeon. And, and therefore, 
just uh, for, for us, they had taken a skeleton and put in the chains that were mounted to the walls, a, you know, a, a fake skeleton, and they had rubber rats uh, down there. And, uh, but, but the dungeon itself was still the dungeon, and it was a, a pit that there's no getting out of. It was bricked. That's amazing to me, something they built 800 years ago and it's still standing and we can't keep our stuff together for 35 years. They say those shingles are 35 years, but they're, they're not. And, uh, uh, and, and I'm looking and, and, and while we were down there, did you remember it was damp and it was cold? And can you imagine not having any clothes and being there chained and, and uh, how, how terrible. Now, I'm not saying this was, this was uh, Paul's uh, exact situation. But let's, let's, let's put it this way. He's not staying at, you know, Holiday Inn Express here. Uh, you know, you know he, he, he's in the dungeon. He's all alone. And you would think in a busy world, it seems strange that loneliness could be a problem for us. Uh, there's a little over 8 billion people on this earth. Uh, the simple fact is, listen, just keep him busy. Our being around a lot of people doesn't light, lighten the weight of loneliness. I'm just going to stay busy. I'm just going to get out there. I'm, I'm, going to, I'm going to defeat this loneliness with busyness. I'm going to drop in my bed at night and get up in the morning, and I'm going to go, 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 and, and just keep myself busy. I'm going to keep myself around a bunch of people. And, uh, but that does not lighten the weight of loneliness. And in, in the damp, dark dungeon, Paul is wrestling with loneliness and uh, he knows his time is, is, is at hand. And uh, so let's consider uh, how Paul dealt with his dreadful loneliness. Number one, notice, uh, let's, let's con, uh, consider uh, the who of loneliness. We're going to call it the who of loneliness. Let me say all people face loneliness. Let me say believers and non-believers struggle with the sorrows of loneliness. It's a terrible thing. Every one of us here at some time in our life felt lonely and felt alone. We felt like nobody understood. We felt like nobody cared. One of the saddest verses in the Bible is when David said, I looked to my right and I looked to the left and no man cared for my soul. And we see here that, that without God uh, in the unbeliever's life, uh, they have no lasting relationships at all. Even with us, when we have great sorrow of one of our loved ones that passes on, we have the, that blessed hope of seeing them again. Amen. And, uh, but they, the, the lost, the, 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 un, the, the non-believer does not. However, Satan does. He not only can, but he does attack the life of believers uh, and can bring about a great, great wave of loneliness in several ways. Uh, loneliness strikes the heart of the strong and of the weak. I think sometimes we think, well, you know, I've got to be strong. I think a lot of people are strong, but it doesn't mean that loneliness isn't going to strike you. Now, secondly, not just the who of loneliness, but let's consider the when of loneliness. When does loneliness strike? Well, I have a few thoughts on this. Let me say that we struggle with loneliness when we are distant from loved ones. Uh, Paul mentions some very precious people in this passage uh, that he had uh, been extremely close with and they had worked together and uh, for some various reasons they had scattered. Uh, notice Demas, uh, he has compromised his faith. He has deserted Paul. 
having loved this present world. He was a worldling. We see this today. Uh, people who, uh, you know, they, they hear the word and rather than accept it, they go tr find a lesser place where they can be more comfortable in. Can I tell you something about your church? Your church should be, the pulpit should be a thermostat that sets it hot and should challenge the pew to reach the temperature. But when the pew is the thermostat uh, and the pastor, he, he kind of gets the feeling where to wander, where not to. You're just playing church, folks. Let me tell you, that's playing church. Uh, there's Crescent who is going to uh, Galatia. Uh, Titus is going to Dalmatia. Priscilla and Quilla, they were engaged in their own work and ministry. Uh, there uh, are some others here. Uh, verse uh, 19 speaks about Priscilla and Aquila. Um, and then there's others who were sick that are mentioned in verses 19 and 20. Uh, but notice, uh, except for Luke, the physician, all of these people who he had a relationship with, that he worked closely with, that loved him and that supported him were scattered. Now, I'm not saying outside of Demas, I'm not saying these others were in sin. They were doing, they were scattered about doing the Lord's work. I think if they were in sin, I think it's interesting that all of these men who are scattered about, that God takes time to let us know where Demas was and why he was there. I don't know what excuse Demas gave, but I want to tell you this, it was the wrong excuse. And, uh, and he was a worldling. Uh, except of, of the, the Apostle Paul, uh, the physician, uh, all those others uh, were, were scattered abroad. Now, this was an extremely tough time in the life of the Apostle Paul. Uh, I think we struggle with loneliness when we are distant from some that we have uh, gotten strength from and fellowship with and encouragement with. Uh, Paul uh, needed some of his close co-workers. Paul needed some of his close relationships for encouragement, and they were all scattered abroad. This brings about loneliness. I think that we struggle with loneliness, secondly, because uh, when our memories be uh, go back and we get in a nostalgic uh, uh, reminders, uh, he says in verse 16, uh, am I, uh, he said, at my first answer, no man stood with me. Uh, there's nobody who's going to stand with Paul, but all men forsook me. I prayed God that it, uh, it may not be uh, laid to their charge. Notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and strengthened me. That uh, be me uh, the, the preaching, or that by me, I'm sorry, that by me the preaching uh, might be fully known and that all the Gentiles might hear. And I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. Paul is re reviewing. Uh, he's having a nostalgic moment. He's here in this prison. His time is close. And he's reflecting back on the past years. This can bring great loneliness to us. He thought back at his first defense when nobody stood with him, when he, when he stood alone, when he had uh, no support. And uh, as he recalls to mind the past events, he also remembers how uh, God stood with him. God was there for him, and God made himself known. He wisely thought of the great protection, uh, how he was saved uh, out of the mouth of the lion. He, he wisely thought of God and the great deliverance that God had provided for him through his ministry. Today, um, this morning, uh, I had some running around to do. But I had took a, a few uh, extra minutes, and uh, I just drove out to Pinson, and uh, we uh, pulled around the corner.
of that little church there on Bear Creek Road. And we parked where we used to park, praying for that house to be ours. We wanted that house so bad. We never owned a house. I was, uh, I don't know, 40-something, I think, and, uh, and, and uh, had never owned a house. And uh, we were uh, there, and, and, and we would sit, and we'd sit in that very place, and we looked at it. And uh, it's, oh, it's overgrown, and you can't even see the windows for the bushes. And, and uh, for 23 years, I fought those bushes in that yard, and, and they finally have one. And, uh, but we sat there, and, and, uh, and as we were looking, I saw a broken down basketball goal that I had put up. And uh, I, had, I got a little nostalgic there, and I thought of all the times I had beaten my sons on that basketball goal. All those times uh, I had uh, in horse or in one-on-one back in then. But it was broken down, it was in the front yard uh, laying there. And uh, I thought about the uh, Rottweilers that we had and uh, the fence back there. And I thought about a German Shepherd that we had. And, and, and I had to be careful with myself because, uh, you know, Debbie was with me, but I was all alone there for a little bit. You know, we, sometimes we think that, that loneliness is when we've lost someone, but there are people uh, who, who are lonely. They have no friends. They have no acquaintances. They have no relationships. And uh, Paul, he was thinking back. He was, he, he was looking back. And, uh, but in that, his mind went to the Lord. We see this victory verse that uh, I am with thee. I am thy God. I will strengthen, I will help, and I will uphold thee. This is what's taking place with Paul in his loneliness. I think thirdly, uh, I think that we struggle with loneliness uh, in certain times of the year or when certain times of the year occur. Uh, he says in verse 9, do thy diligence to come shortly unto me. In verse 21, he says, do thy diligence to come before winter. And uh, I think perhaps the, the cool breeze of the winter coming uh, made him have some memories. And uh, uh, winter was, was on its way. Uh, the changing of the seasons could, be, could have been felt in the, 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 the uh, cold of that stony, dark dungeon was even more felt. And uh, certain uh, times of the year seem to be more lonely than other times of the year. Uh, there's a time, uh, maybe uh, anniversaries that we used to celebrate. Maybe Christmases that we used to do together. Maybe Thanksgivings that we used to have together. Uh, maybe just, the, you know, the holiday, our birthdays that we used to, to celebrate. These times can serve as a reminder of some sad event in the past and trigger loneliness. And then fourthly, let me say that, that uh, I think that uh, when the future looks dim, uh, we can certainly uh, feel lonely. Uh, the Apostle Paul, he uh, says in verse 6, uh, For I am now ready uh, to be offered, uh, and the time of my departure is at hand. So Paul knew that uh, it was uh, near his time uh, to be executed, and he could see it, uh, see it approaching. Now, I don't think Paul was sad to go to heaven. He said, For me to live is Christ and to die is gain. We know that he wasn't sad. But he's alone, and uh, no man, no person should have to die alone. And we see uh, that his future, uh, you know, is going to come to the end. His ministry of the gospel was ending. His ministry to the Gentiles were, were ending. 
uh, these ministries that had been so important to him, these ministries that he had uh, poured his whole life into, uh, were now uh, going to be continued by someone else. So we see uh, the who of loneliness. We see the when of loneliness. But notice the, the, the let's consider the how of uh, loneliness. Let's pause a minute and ask ourselves a question. Let me get a drink. Here's the question. Can my loneliness and my sorrow bring about a positive result in my life? Can God use my loneliness and my sorrow to make me a better man, better lady? Can God use this loneliness and this sorrow to make me a better Christian? Can God use this loneliness and sorrow to enable me to catch and bear the burdens of others? Here's some thoughts. Our loneliness can make us uh, unaware. I'm sorry. Our loneliness can make us uh, aware of the importance of others. I think our loneliness can, can uh, make us uh, aware of, of how important others are. The apostle may have never appreciated uh, Luke as well as he does now in prison. Uh, Luke is with him. Remember, Paul had some uh, thorn in the flesh. He had some other issues. And Luke was a physician. He was Dr. Luke. And he was there, and I think he was ministering to Paul in his last days before his execution uh, to try to make him as comfortable uh, as uh, he was. Uh, Paul, uh, he never thought much of John Mark. If you remember in Acts chapter 15, verse 37, the Bible says that Barnabas determined to take with him John. Now, now, John Mark had gone on a missionary trip with them, with Paul and Barnabas, and he, he quit. We don't know why. Maybe he became fearful. Maybe he got homesick. Maybe he thought he was going to be one of the three preachers, and he basically carried the luggage. I don't know. Uh, but he left. He forsook them. Barnabas has been working with him. And Barnabas is determined to take him. Verse 38 of Acts 15 says, But Paul thought not so uh, to take uh, with them uh, who departed uh, from uh, them from Pamphylia and went not with them uh, to the work. Uh, and the contention was so sharp between them, between Paul and Barnabas. Uh, they, they were very contentious. They were behaving uh, in, in an unsightly way. They were saying probably some things they shouldn't be saying. I'm not saying profanity, but they were giving sharp uh, things, words here, that they departed asunder one from another. And so Barnabas took Mark and sailed to Cyprus. We know that Paul took Silas through this. Now, Mark uh, had left them. He had deserted them. Uh, it was uh, Barnabas, the son of consolation, the encourager, who built John Mark back up. And, uh, but Paul says, he, that quitter's not going back with us again. And it's really interesting how uh, things that could have been said when you look, because Barnabas and John Mark were related. And, uh, you know, I think Paul could have said, that's your cousin, right? You're talking about your cousin, aren't you? Talking about family. And, uh, and Barnabas could have said, yeah, well, we should take John Mark because when nobody would take you, I took you. You know, I think a lot of things could happen there. But listen to what he says in verse 11. Only Luke is with me. Take Mark. And bring him with thee, 
for he is profitable. He didn't say to God or for the ministry or for the work of the Lord. He said to me for the ministry. And maybe loneliness and our sorrow can kind of snap us into seeing and appreciating others that we didn't appreciate so much before. I think that our loneliness can force us to uh, turn our concerns over to God. He speaks about, verse 14, Alexander the coppersmith uh, did me much evil. The Lord reward him according to his work. Alexander had wronged Paul, but Paul was in no position to respond to him. It says, of whom, verse 15, of whom be thou aware, uh, for he hath greatly withstood our words. Now, we don't know all that Alexander did, but we know this. <clears throat> he withstood the words that, that Paul was preaching. Uh, if you go back to it, you'll find in the book of Acts a great, all, this, all the smiths, uh, the silversmiths, the goldsmiths, the coppersmiths, they had a thing going, making these idols. Um, who was the idol? You remember? Yeah, thank you. And it was a lewd, filthy idol of a woman. And when Paul preached and people got saved, they threw those idols away and, and their business, it, it, it would, you know, it hit the road, man. And, uh, uh, and they were all upset with Paul because, listen, when the preacher gets in someone's pocket, it really upsets people quickly. And Alexander the coppersmith was one of those. Now, Paul was all alone now, and therefore he had to rely on the Lord. And let me remind you, our victory verse, Isaiah 41, verse 10. Fear thou not, for I am with thee. Uh, be not dismayed, for I am thy God. I will strengthen thee, yea, I will help thee, yea, I will hope thee with the right hand of my righteousness. Lastly, let me say um, that we should consider God's remedy for, for loneliness. Now, I've given some reasons for loneliness. I've talked about it. Uh, loneliness and, and, and uh, why it happens. And there's things that you could add uh, to that that I haven't covered. I'm not saying that it's exhausted. But straight from the scriptures, we see how Paul deals with his loneliness. And if you're struggling in your life with loneliness, I would carefully take down these four thoughts and I would practice them. Number one, notice Paul's request for companionship. He says in verse 9, do thy diligence to come shortly unto me. We see Paul's request for companionship. He says that only Luke is with me. He says, take Mark and bring him. He says, Timothy, I need you. I need you here. He says, Luke's here. He's helping me. But this is a tough time in my life. And I want you to know... Timothy, I need you. And would you bring John Mark too? He's profitable to me for the ministry. Bring, bring him. Now, it was not a request for people. This is a request for friends. When Paul died, when he was executed, to the best of my knowledge, the people that were there that loved him were these three. These were his requests. Luke, John Mark, and Timothy. Someone said this, it's the truth. A true friend is one with whom you can share your innermost feelings with and they will still stick by you. Now let me clarify something here. It doesn't mean that they will agree with you. 
It doesn't mean that if you're wrong that they're going to say, that's a, that's a good thing, you should go ahead and do that. They may be completely, both feet on the ground, uh, disappointed in you and disagreeing with you. But what it does mean is it doesn't change their view of you. Can I tell you something many of you would not really understand? These pastors, retired pastors here would know. But ministry can be a very lonely place. Very lonely. Always have somebody uh, that, that a little bit out of sort with you. Uh, you know, always, uh, you know, it, it can be a very lonely place. And here we see Paul is so lonely. I've been blessed to have just such wonderful people around us for this month, 35 years. I've been blessed. And there have been those who <clears throat> uh, were disappointed. And usually when people get disappointed with you, it's the first time you tell them no. That's when it happens. But notice Paul's request for companionship. And I think maybe you don't need a crowd of people. You don't need a host of, of people. But you need two, a good friend, two or three good friends that will hold you accountable and put your feet on the ground. But when they see you in a moment of weakness, their view of you does not change. That's very far and few between. If you have one or two people like that, man, I tell you one thing, you're blessed. Now, uh, notice uh, his second request uh, was for bodily comfort. Uh, he says in verse 13, the cloak, uh, the cloak that I left uh, at Troas uh, with Carpus, when thou comest, bring with thee. And uh, he, he, he says, uh, I, I'll need that coat. The winter's coming on. He, he uh, proper health uh, will help us uh, keep our minds off ourselves. And I just want to say this. Uh, I, I've always kind of made light of this in my life, but I don't and have it for a while. But sleep is tremendously important. It's very important. And uh, when I was in college, I worked two jobs. I went to class from sometimes seven to noon. I went to my first job at four in the afternoon to midnight. Went to my second job at one in the morning to four in the morning. Uh, and then went home for two or three hours and was back at my first class at seven or eight o'clock. Now, you can do that for a short while. You can burn the candle for a short while. But you can't live that way. And Paul, he requests some real companionship. Uh, he, he looks at Luke and John Mark and Timothy. They're going to come and bring to him uh, a great blessing. Then he, he requests for bodily comfort. And, 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 uh, and as for all I know, listen, uh, this cloak might have had some sentimental value to it. Someone he loved, someone who he cared. I got stuff. Can I tell you, uh, I had a, a friend uh, go through my garage, and if you see my garage, it's, it's, it's immaculate, but I'm not responsible for any of it. Uh, Brother Ricky House helped me with my garage, and, uh, and Joe too, Joe Grapes. They, they put pegboard up, and they let me kind of sort things, but uh, next thing I knew, uh, Brother House was throwing everything that wouldn't hang in on a poor pegboard out. Everything's thrown. You know, I might need that, you know. And uh, I, I'm a little bit bitter at him every once in a while. I, I had an oil filter wrench that was stronger than anything you've ever seen. 
And he says, when's the last time you changed your oil? I said, uh, 1994. And he said, you're not going to need this. And, and you buy these at AutoZone and you put them on there and the, the wrench just bends, you know? You know what I'm talking about? This thing never, I mean, it's like, brother, it was, I could put it around your head and twist your head off with it. And he, he said, it's out of here. He threw it away and I saw it go. A week later, Brother Gray says, do you have an oil filter wrench that, that won't be on Ricky House, you know? <laughs> he had uh, helped me put my a garage together and uh, I was putting tools away and I got some new tools and I just so love it. I know where everything's at. It's everything. If I need to hang a picture, I, I know where that is. If I need to uh, put a post up, I know, where, I, I know where it's at so I can tell James and Joe where to get it and they'll do it for me. And uh, But in my box, there's a broken pocket knife with Permatex dried all over it. Now, who knows what Permatex is? Ben, what is Permatex? It's silicone. What do you use it for? Yeah, like on your heads. Yeah, things like that. It had dry Permatex. I used the, the yellow curse. Have you ever seen that? It never fails. The knife is broken. It's, it's, it looks trashy. And Brother House was getting ready to chunk it. And I said, don't throw that away. I said, that was my father's. I have a, in my closet, I have a, a cowboy buckle that my dad wore. My mother doesn't know that. Nobody knows that. I, I, I have a buckle. Uh, you know, there's great sentimental value that's there. And this cloak, when it came, it got, gave him comfort. And listen, when you're lonely, you need some comfort. Not worldly, but you need to be comfortable and you need to have some companions. Notice thirdly, uh, Paul's request for reading material. Now don't, don't dismiss this, this is big. Verse 13 says, when thou comest, bring with thee the books, but especially the parchments. Now Paul was a missionary that had uh, a library. Uh, he says books, and that indicates volumes. Uh, other than just scripture. Uh, Paul realized that, uh, that thought-provoking reading material could raise his sights beyond his miserable situation. And it's so true, isn't it? Now, some of you aren't readers. I'm, I'm making my Sunday school class become readers. I'm hoping, anyway. And, uh, uh, it, but, but Paul knew that until his time was up, he would have to pass the time away and he asked for the books. Uh, Paul, he had no sermons to prepare for. Paul had no audience to go uh, preach to or to address. He simply wanted to keep his mind working, so he asked for the books. And I want to encourage you, be a reader. Now, be careful what you read, but be a reader. Uh, especially in theology, you do better reading dead men than you do people who are alive. Dead men can't change their position on stuff. And uh, But... But uh, be a reader. And it doesn't have to be uh, books about theology. It could be about something that you're interested in. You know, uh, how to make uh, a hacksaw out of a shoestring. You know, that would have become handy for Paul, wouldn't it? And, uh, you know, or out of a sandal, you know, maybe. And, and uh, but understand, he, he asked for books. 
he had nowhere to go. He had nothing to prepare for, but he wanted to keep his mind active. Uh, you find somebody who is a reader, and you'll find that they have a broader perspective of life and of things. Now, sometimes it can be down the wrong road of liberality, but it's what you read goes in here, and it eventually comes out here. And, uh, but Paul was a reader. He said, bring the books. And then notice what he says. Um, he requests for the scriptures. Uh, the parchments, they, they wrote the scriptures uh, on the, the hides of animals, a very, very, very fine hide. And um, uh, I don't know if Paul was not finishing some of the Pauline epistles at this time. He had a few jots and tittles to put in before it would be finished. I wonder what Paul's favorite scripture text was. Uh, it was probably something of the Psalms or maybe the Old Testament because we did not have the New Testament as of yet. But whichever they were, Paul found strength from spending time with the scriptures. And I want to tell you, friend, loneliness makes you want to curl up and die. <clears throat> but you need to get around some companions. You need to have some bodily comfort you need to have some reading material to, to put your mind in the right perspective, and you need God in the scriptures. Now, many people that find themselves overcome with great loneliness, they, they cry and they moan. And I don't want to be uh, insensitive here, but they, 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 they allow the devil to sell them the bill that no one's had it as hard as they have. And that's just not true. No one had it as hard as Paul did. Isn't that true? That's, that's not the proper solution to the problem. This is just hard. You know, uh, poor me. Uh, this is too hard for me. Uh, this will intensify the sorrow in your situation. Telling ourselves this, suck it up, buttercup. Man up. Push through this. That's not the solution either. It's not going to work. Listen to me. The solution is the good shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd, and I shall not want. He is enough. And when we are lonely, we need to remember Paul's experience in the dungeon. We need to come to terms with it. It's, it, it's the, the perfect time to say, Lord, Lord, I'm exhausted. I've exhausted all my alternatives. Now it's just you and me. But Lord, you're enough. Have your way. Have your will done in my life. And I'll honor you. There has to become a point of a prayer of surrender to God. And don't pick it back up. We can pray that and then pick it back up. Lord, I've exhausted all my uh, alternatives. Now it's just you and me. Have your will and way in my life and I'll honor you. Loneliness can cripple us if we let it. But if we choose instead to deal with it biblically, the way Paul did, and in all these uh, life problems that we're going to talk about, 
I hope to give you the remedy from God's word on how to deal with it. We can learn some valuable lessons along the way to let it make us better people. And God's people said, would you stand? Lord, I want to thank you for the night, and I, I pray that I've helped people. And Lord, here's, here, here's the very uh, point of the whole matter. You are enough. And while we have loneliness in our life, and while some of us have, have different types of loneliness that are here, well, I know, I know people who, who don't have a friend. They, they can't make a friend. I know people who have great sorrow, who've lost loved ones. But we cannot dismiss one person's loneliness being much greater and more grief than another's. It's their loneliness. And Lord, we have got to not look within ourselves and look around us. And we, we've got to stop trying to fix it and find our hope in you. Lord, I want to thank you for just some of the friends that you've allowed me to have, companions. I thank you, dear God, that you've given me an extremely comfortable life. Comfortable. I'm not a wealthy man, but I do know I have more than I deserve, and I have more than I ever expected. Lord, I... I Thank you for uh, being able to, to read other men that have given me wisdom and understanding. And Lord, I certainly thank you for the, for the parchments, for the scriptures, for the word. For therein is where our hope is. That is where we're going to be able to have victory in our life regardless of uh, what the situation is may be. Lord, help us to remember that you tell us in Isaiah 41, for I am with thee. You tell us that you are our God. You tell us that you will strengthen, you will help, and you will uphold us. Let us claim this victory verse. So when loneliness comes in, we can find it in our Bible and read it and draw close to you. Help people to heal from their sorrow and their loneliness. In thy name I pray. Tonight, with heads bowed, I want to encourage you to come tonight and say, Lord, I am, I have exhausted all my alternatives. Tonight, I give this to you and I'm going to look to you to be exactly what you told me you would be. Bless tonight in Jesus' name. As the Lord moves you tonight, as the piano plays, you come.